Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for they realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. You know by now that the Panthers coordinators, they talk on Thursdays. And today, offensive play, uh, our offensive coordinator and play caller, Thomas Brown, he met with the media. And he talked about how many script plays he will start Sunday's game with. Good question. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I want to say that. Not playing. It'd probably be, I, I like being able to script just the first 24 normal D&D calls that I want to kind of prioritize and get to. I think most people have, you know, a top five or, you know, the generic deal is kind of more of a top 15, but it's more about just trying to figure out um, what I want to set up, how to attack it, things to play off each other, and also kind of get some inventory early in the game about how the defense is playing, just making sure that what we expect to see is going to be kind of confirmed based, based on the film study. Uh, and like I said before, also just marry some stuff to set up later in the game. Thomas Brown also talked about the middle of the field passing game and said that Adam Thielen and the success that he's had in the slot has been taking away from the tight end targets that he's getting there. I'm guessing Fiddy had that sound bite too. And <laughs> I mean, I had a piece of sound I was going to play, but well, I didn't know you do your know. thing, Kang. <laughs> Some more twang, I guess. Do your thing, Kang. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what I heard there. Anyway, what do you make of some of the comments there? One, that one where he's talking about the scripted plays, but also Adam Thielen maybe getting some of those targets in the middle of the field that would normally be reserved for the tight ends. And we just, we know how the tight end has not been featured in this offense. Yeah. I mean, well, I think the byproduct of that is just the fact that Adam Thielen's getting open. He's doing work in that slot, but it just leads to more anticipation of what he's going to bring to the table. Like I said, besides the rookie quarterback matchup, this is the thing I'm most excited to see uh, is Thomas Brown and what he's going to bring to the table. that could give a different flair. I'm not expecting a completely different offense, but I am expecting some wrinkles that's going to put his signature on this offense and say this game has been called by Thomas Brown. We have lamented the offensive struggles for uh, Miles Sanders and yesterday uh, he addressed the way he has played so far in his early Panthers career. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it feels like you feel like you might have something to prove. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm a little pissed off how I've been playing. So um, it's, it's it's not it's not a secret. I mean, everybody's seen how I've been playing. It's not it's not good at all. So I'm just here to just to say that, and that's that's what I'm I'm just locked in. So at least my man's aware he ain't living up to that contract we gave him in the off season. One that me and Walker deemed a flea market GM move by Scott Fitterer. <laughs> <laughs> what you make of the comment? Yeah, uh, I, I like the self-awareness there. I mean, you get some guys that might pass the buck, you know, like a guy we talked about in the last segment that we had. But uh, I like the fact that he is self-aware that he hasn't been playing well, and I want to see how he's going to respond to it. It's one thing to tell me, but I'm a big actions guy as well. So what will your actions tell me? Are you going to come out and show the people why you were 1,200 uh, yard running back last season? Are you going to come out and show people that you were worth the money that you were paid? So he definitely hears the noise right now, and we'll see if he responds to it. Yeah, he hadn't been playing well, and it's unfortunate for the Carolina Panthers after getting rid of a running back that we all rallied behind in Deontay Foreman, and he goes to Chicago on a contract that is you know, pretty slim, would not have taken much cap space at all if the Carolina Panthers would have just brought him back. And instead, they give out the richest contract given to a free agent running back, and it's not working with Miles Sanders right now. 
playing like the second best running back on the team behind Chuba Hubbard. I'd like to see him getting more involved in the pass game. That's where I've seen a difference between him and Chuba, but it just hasn't happened enough. And then since this injury, you did see Chuba overtake him and just run more physically. And we got to see him earn those hard yards. So we'll see if Miles Sanders, maybe the injury is holding him back in the previous, previous game. The bye week helping him out a little bit. Hopefully that helps, but it certainly has not been a great start for the running back. Well, given the struggles of Miles Sanders and the impressive play of Chuba Hubbard, Chuba, Chuba, so Chuba, far Chuba, Chuba chanting everywhere. What? Here, <laughs> Frank Reich addressed who's going to start at running back on Sunday when the Panthers return to the field. We'll see how the week goes. I mean, Chuba's been doing pretty well, and again, it's more more by rotation um, and more by play. A lot of times, we you know we have certain we have our eye on certain guys for certain plays we mix it up some so we kind of get through the week and make that um, deuce and i and thomas will sit down at the end of the week and kind of gear hey let's have let's put chuba in for these plays let's put miles in for these plays let's put raheem you know in for these plays um to try to spread that out a little bit do you like those comments from frank right uh yeah but you look at chuba but right now like you said that healthy 4.5 yards per carry is definitely something that you want to be excited about. He's got 18 rushing first downs. He's doubled up Miles Sanders and only played one more game. So this is a guy obviously running the ball harder. And uh, obviously in the NFL too, you know, with the running back and the attrition at that position, you're going to spread it around. But I definitely think Chuba should get the bulk of the carry. I do too. I, I think if, if you're running between the tackles, it doesn't mean that it has to be 70-30 or even 65-35. But I do want Chuba to you know, get pretty close to 50-50 at least with Miles and then even a little bit more, especially if he's playing better, running between the tackles, you want to establish that type of run game. Chuba's the guy to me at this point. And then if you want to use two back sets, that would be interesting to see from Thomas Brown and maybe use Miles a little bit more in the passing game. We have seen running backs be involved in the passing game with the LA Rams offense. Is that something you can expect more of with Thomas Brown as the lead play caller? We started the show talking about the Hornets win on opening night, and a big reason why was Brandon Miller's impressive play off the bench. Here's what Hornets head coach Steve Clifford thought about the rookie's debut. Yeah, I mean, I think you can see tonight where he is, you know, not like most guys his age. I mean, you know, like, so he gets in foul trouble in the first half, which kind of, you know, some guys wouldn't be able to come back. Um... Had a couple calls that could have gone his way, didn't get the calls, and then he makes huge, huge plays in the fourth quarter. And if you watch him, you know, he's got great self-confidence, you know, and he competes so naturally. And that's the way he is in practice every day also. I, and I don't even know if he was playing with a ton of self-confidence early on. Thought he was a, a little passive. Did have the three-point shot pretty deep on the wing for his first ever field goal attempt that was made, but the confidence was there in the fourth quarter. And he even told you that that step-back three from the corner is what got him going. As soon as he saw that one go in, he knew it was good as soon as it left his hands, and that's when you see him cut, receive the pass from Mark Williams, finish at the rim, also come across the top of the key and hit that three-pointer. Needed every single one of those points to get you a comfortable lead and then hold on to it after he was able to hit one of those threes. Impressive debut from Brandon Miller. And again, not trying to do too much whatsoever. Letting the game come to him. He doesn't have all the offensive responsibility. Really like what you saw from him. And I think it's the kind of performance that you can see consistently. It's not like he did anything wild last night. Oh, he'll, he'll have trouble doing that again. 
I think you can see this for the most part every single game and rely on it, which is nice to see. No question, man. You got to be excited about that. You like what you hear there. And, yeah, he did get some early foul calls, too, where they talked about, you know, just being a rookie. That's some of the stuff you're going to have to deal with. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. But you like the fact that he's not scared to shoot the ball. Once he saw it go in, he got more and more confidence. And I think this is going to be his M.O. uh, for this season, man. I just feel like he's going to have a really good season and a role that he has. And I think it's going to prepare him well so that once he is inserted to that starting lineup, if it ends up being next year or midseason or whatever it is, he's going to have the confidence to be able to flourish. And just to not dodge any of the text messages I got, there was actually AJ. I don't know if he was being sarcastic. He said, did you see Scoot Ball last night? Looked really good. Would look good next to LaMelo. I was like, man, look, clearly I was a monster Scoot fan in the draft. His first half was awful. I it was yeah. turning it over. Oh, a five from the field didn't have any assist. I went to bed. I think with him having reached like oh for six early in the third. It's like who, buddy? This debut is not it for one. Scoot Henderson then hit some shots. Actually finished five of eleven. So second half helped him out quite a bit. The jitters were there for Scoot though. Playing against the Clippers, where it's like Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook certainly hurt him quite a bit and we'll see very different situation man like Wimby is going to have a big influence on the game because of his defensive prowess mm-hmm. that's what happens when you're 7-4 yeah. and that mobile Scoot Henderson having the basketball in his hands a lot I think you're going to see some very inefficient games from him especially with his weakness not being able to shoot where Brandon here we are talking about him in a good situation I think he's really going to help yeah I mean I think with Scoot he'll be the next guard that comes into the NBA is going to be tearing people up putting them putting up a bunch of uh, great statistical games, and we'll win nothing. Mm, damn. Okay. Ouch. Sorry, <laughs> Scoot. All right, move on. What uh, other comment do you have here on the live wire? All right, the last piece of audio we're going to play is uh, not only was the Hornet season getting underway yesterday, but ACC tip-off happened, and we got a chance to speak with North Carolina basketball head coach Huber Davis, and he talked about the goals for this year compared to what they were last year and the buy-in from his team. The goal for us each year for me is for us as a team to reach our full potential. I think in the first year we did. Last year that was the disappointment was that we didn't reach our full potential. Whatever that was, I don't know, but it wasn't that. And so, you know, there's a number of factors. You know, you could talk about, you know, our lack of being able to shoot and, you know, distribute the basketball. But, you know, I, I, I think last year's group, you know, handling the direction of the noise from the praise and prosperity, you know, at times, sometimes you take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit and forget moments of what it actually took just to get there you know and you lose sight of that and so those are lessons that I think you know especially Armando and RJ have learned from last year to this year and just moving forward to see if we can become the best team we can this season well I mean let me just start out by saying that don't tell me you weren't sure necessarily what you were supposed to be or that you didn't know. We know what you were supposed to be last year, and you were supposed to be at worst a Final Four uh, team that at least got to the championship game. So you had a major disappointment last year, and there's no doubt about that. Now, the rest of it, you know, I'm I'm cool with, with what he said. A lot of coach speak there, and, and a lot of truth in it as well. But we know what you were supposed to be last year. Let's not duck that. Any problems with you clearing your throat over there, I Mr. Finney Marlowe? You know, this is a professional radio show, and this is a professional <laughs> segment. And the disrespect 
that Wes Bryant showed Hubert Davis was uncalled for. And uh, I can't wait till Hubert Davis kicks Steve Forbes' ass later this year. That's okay, because okay, you haven't done it in a little bit. 